Here's what's coming up on today's show. What's equal, what's right, what's fair, what's needed, and what has been earned are probably not all the same. Okay, so you have to think of what is the most important thing here. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Well, hello and welcome back into Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. And today's show, Nick, I think uh, it's a topic that you've been covering quite a bit recently, huh? Yeah, I've had. Um, so we're going to talk about you know whether or not to to give uh, to give inheritances equally to people or unequal. Um, and and I was telling Ben that there's a I have a number of clients that we're kind of counseling through this right now. Um, and it's, it's a touchy subject, uh, which we'll certainly get into, but it's, it's one of those things about, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, uh, unfortunately. Um, and it's, you know, I can give scenarios and options, but it's really tough when they say, what do you think I should do? Because it, you know, I don't know that it's my place to say, you should give your son more than your daughter or something like that. Like, I think that's probably further than you know, that's probably out of line for me to do. So uh, it's a it's a it's a touchy one. Uh, and people have some really strong opinions on it uh, one way or the other. So we'll we'll dive into that. This will be a this will be a juicy one. Yeah, this is a great conversation. And I think uh, even if you haven't thought about it or have haven't come across this decision yet, it's probably something that will come across or we'll, you'll have to at least think through at some point potentially. So um yeah, if you haven't thought about it yet, this will be a, kind of a good primer for when you do have to have that conversation. So it should be a good one. Again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That is the website. Go there. You can schedule a call with Nick. If you have any questions, want to sit down and go through your estate plan, determine whether or not you want to provide equal shares for everyone in your uh, your estate. And there's a lot of other great resources there, too. It's like Ohio's Complete Guide to Estate Planning, the five essential documents of a complete estate plan and plenty more there. So if you're looking for more information, a great place to start is right there at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, Nick, let's let's get into it. Since it's going to be a juicy episode, let's let's dive right in. And sure. you know, we're talking about you know when you're leaving inheritance either to children or grandchildren, you know, a lot of families do prefer to pr- treat everyone the same. Uh, each child or grandchild going to get an, ex- an equal share of the inheritance and you know, this, the default answer for a lot of people, but doesn't necessarily mean that it is the correct answer. So let's go through some of these situations, Nick, where it might not be ideal to leave that equal share to everyone. And let's start off with the prodigal son scenario. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the one that, um, I would say is probably most common. And it's, you know, for those of you who, uh, uh, are not, uh, religious, um, the prodigal son, it's an old, uh, Bible parable, uh, about one child who gets his inheritance, you know, while his parents are still alive. So he says, give me my money now. So what I mean by this is, let's say there's multiple kids and maybe the parents have, during life, they've already helped out one of the kids. Maybe they gave, uh, maybe they loaned money to one of the kids. They loaned him $50,000 for the down payment of a house, never got paid back. So it's not 
all squared up, or maybe they gave uh, one of them an outright gift. Okay, maybe maybe they have three kids and two of the kids are married uh, and have kids of their own, and they gave each of them you know money for a down payment on the house, and maybe the third child isn't married, no kids, uh, has always lived in an apartment, so they never got anything about it. Um, so the question always comes down to whether or not this should be accounted for uh, in the inheritance. So is it something where you know I should put in the document when we die, if my son has not paid back the $50,000 that I loaned to him, should that be squared up or should he still get an equal share? In which case, Ben, that, you know, that turns into him getting $50,000 extra. Um, or, you know, something like uh, the previous scenario, should we say, give 50,000 extra to my son who we never gave a down payment gift to so that it's all equal. Um, so, so that's one of the, the scenarios where someone's got extra either as a, outright gift. I'll tell you what I see most often, Ben, is someone gets a loan and they never pay mom and dad back or they only pay mm-hmm. part of it back. Um, so what do you do about it? I'll say it's a pretty, but it's harsh. Okay. So there's people who get really uncomfortable when we put their will or trust together and they see the language that says, my son owes me $50,000. If he has not repaid me by the time I die, take it out of his piece of the inheritance. Okay, so that's harsh, and a lot of people get really uncomfortable, um, but that's certainly a, a scenario where, you know, you have the ability to square up when you pass away any unequal, uh, you know, any unequal gifts or loans uh, during life. Okay, so that's something to be aware of. That's probably something that people can relate with uh, the most. Um, and so if we're keeping score, uh, during lifetime and the score is not equal, you know, obviously uh, that's that's one time when it may be uh, worth talking about not giving everyone an equal share uh, when mom and dad pass away. And I feel like if, if you have multiple kids, you're going to be in this situation, right? I mean, I feel like it's almost impossible to have, I won't say treated everyone equally, but helped out everyone equally because everyone has different needs. Someone might move away. They might stay at home. Like there's just so many different variables to where it's never going to be a one for one dollar scenario here. Uh, You're probably right. Um, The odds that, you know, my parents have given the exact same amount of dollars and support and groceries to all three of us. There's no way. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. Of course, the question is when is it transitioned from you're a kid, I took care of you, to you know you're an adult and I'm helping you out. But you yeah. know this is something that we keep score. Obviously, when I was 17 years old, you know my parents, you know they bought things from Kroger. I didn't really have to. Um, so that's not something we're keeping score. Although. You know, if you ask my late mother if she was still around today, she would certainly mention how my brother and I ate ate them out of house and home when <laughs> we were teenage boys. My sister, not so much. Um, we we certainly ran up the Kroger and the Sam's Club bill. You know, but I think a gift at age thirty five would be treated a lot different than you know helping them out and, and buying groceries when they're seventeen years old. So where does it go from this is just my obligation as a parent to you know, I'm giving you something extra, and it's 
outside of my normal what I'm supposed to provide for support. And this mm-hmm. is maybe something that should be worth, you know, basically keeping score and squaring up. Obviously, age 17 versus age 37, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the first uh, consideration there. What about if your kids have a difference in need, if there's a difference in financial stability within those beneficiaries? I guess this is another time you'll have to kind of determine how you want to help each one differently. Well, you know, Ben, let's say you have say you have three kids and two of them are doctors, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. specialists, you know, they're neurosurgeons, they're making four hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, they're you know, they're the best in their industry, their house is paid for, you know, they have uh, they're married with cute grandkids. Um, and, and you know they're never going to need money, so you don't need to worry about taking care of them. Um, but maybe your youngest one maybe is uh, just you know kind of working a regular job, or maybe you know I don't know maybe didn't go to to college. It wasn't for them, and you know they they're kind of they've you know they can take care of themselves, but they're always just scraping by. Mm-hmm. Okay, what if you had two kids making four hundred thousand a year and one making, you know, twenty five thousand a year? Um, you know, it's worth considering. I don't know if you do anything about it, but it's worth considering. You know, do we give extra money to the one who needs it and maybe doesn't have as good of a career, or maybe they're in a job industry that's you know that's going away? Uh, or, or something that's not stable, um, <clears throat> you know, something like that. So something to keep in mind. Um, and again, we're not saying that this is something you have to do or don't have to do, but obviously giving money to the child who, you know, has the lower level of income, it's going to have a big impact. It's really going to help them out where I've had people, they say, shoot, my kids make more than I do. They don't need it. Um, you know, so is it something where if I give it to my oldest son, he doesn't care. It's not going to matter at all, but my youngest son, my goodness, he could really need it. It could allow him to buy a house. You know, it's really going to be impactful. Okay. So that's the second thing. And again, I'm not saying you have to, or don't have to do anything on these. There's no hard and fast rule. Just another thing where it's probably worth thinking about and talking with your attorney about. Okay. Uh, continuing on here, the next one makes a lot of sense, right? If you have a beneficiary that was a caretaker for you, they've obviously invested definitely time, maybe some of their own money to help take care of you along the way, which in turn makes sense that you want to give them a little bit more. Well, and this one people are usually scared to do. Really? If you want me to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I encourage people to think about it again. I don't push them one way or the other. But Ben, let's say you have, um, I don't know how many siblings, are you an only child or do you have siblings? I'm a middle child, uh, older sister, younger brother. Okay. So you're one of three. So let's say you're the good child. Okay. We'll go go that route. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, So let's say, you know, mom and dad live close to you and your brother and sister, they live out of town, nothing wrong with them. But when they get older, let's say mom and dad can't take care of themselves so you and your wife spend $30,000 on a room addition um, and, you know, you set up a bedroom on the main floor and let's say, you know, you have to retire early 
or you quit your job or your wife quits her job to help take care of mom and dad. And let's say they live with you for five or seven years and you're helping them out all day, every day. And it allows them to never have to go into a $10,000 a month nursing home. You know, but at the same time, you quit working early or your wife quit working early and you had to spend all this money getting your house handicap accessible. Mm -hmm. I'd make a really good argument that that you should be, you know, compensated extra for that. Okay, because, you know, not if the other siblings are doing anything wrong, but you had to go through a heck of a lot more time, money, effort and, you know, maybe quitting your job. Uh, than they do. So I think that's worth something, especially when you think of the fact that if it weren't for you, they'd have to go into a a nursing home uh, or something like that. So you save them money and you probably, you know, allowed them to stay home. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's something to to think about. Um, And the flip side is you have someone who maybe they sell their house and then they move in with mom and dad because mom and dad want to stay in their home. Well, Ben, you just sold your darn house and moved uh, across uh, the country. Maybe you had to quit your job. And all of a sudden, you don't have a house because you went to take care of mom and dad. Okay? So I, I think that's something people should strongly consider. Now, I will tell you, um, people are nervous about it because other siblings can look at that the wrong way. So, Ben, just think about it. What if you know this happened uh, with your sister? And then all of a sudden, mom and dad pass away, and we find out that your sister gets half, and you and your brother split the other half. Mm-hmm. You'd say, "Well, geez, you know, I didn't do anything wrong." And you almost there's almost suspicion that there was funny business going on. Yeah, naturally, right? You would mm-hmm. say, "Oh, sister was there telling them how much better she was and sweet talking them to an extra inheritance." Okay, so you can see how this one can go wrong, but depending on how much of a sacrifice you make, it's something that needs to be considered, okay? It's at least something worth talking about, especially if someone is quitting their job or modifying their home, mm-hmm. okay? So it's you know it can be a big deal, but you can see how people, uh, other kids can be upset about it. So you need to proceed with caution. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense when you break it down. I, I never would have thought of it. It seems like a no-brainer, just logically, but uh, when you lay it out like that. I can, can understand. All right. All right. La- uh, last one here, disability medical issues. So I'm assuming if you have a child that requires a lot of medical care, um, you'd probably prioritize that. It's something to talk about. And I will yeah. say this, this is basically a more critical version of the conversation we just had about one of the kids needing more help than others. Mm-hmm. So let's say the reason they need extra help is because one of the kids is disabled uh, or they have medical issues or maybe they were developmentally, you know, maybe they had an injury from from birth or they're disabled, something like that, which is not their fault, um, you know, but they'll never be able to get a job. They'll never really be able to work. Um, And depending on how severe the disability is, you know, it may be something where even as an adult, they're going to need to be taken care of for the rest of their life, okay? So now you're not getting away, you're getting away from just, you know, giving someone extra money because they're not a doctor and it's, hey, I have a, a someone who's disabled, has a medical issue, 
Um, you know, maybe they've had cancer and it's, I need to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, and this is especially true for clients that I talk to who they're, they're already supporting, you know, maybe a disabled or a sick child. And I say, we probably need this to continue um, because if you aren't able to support them, can they support themselves? If the answer is no, well, then it's something that we need to find a way to continue this. Um, I will say, Ben, usually people are more amenable to this um, than for other reasons, um, especially if it's the status quo right now. If they're already helping take care of someone, usually keeping things the way they are. Uh, is less drastic than a surprise inheritance at the end. So it's something you really want to uh, to consider. And a good attorney should be you know, asking you, hey, are you providing any support uh, to any of your kids or grandkids that they count on? Okay, so that should, so a good attorney should be bringing this up if you're not already thinking about it. Okay. All right, so those are some of the common scenarios. So when you're working with someone to determine, you know, what their best plan is, what's going to suit them the best, what are some of the considerations you're working through? Well, I, the first one here, and this is kind of an overarching theme for everything, but I've had people say, what's equal, what's fair, what do people need, or, you know, is it something where I should punish or reward something for their, you know, for their good work or maybe doing something bad? And usually all four of those formulas are different. Um, <laughs> that's what I normally tell people. I say what's equal, what's right, what's fair, what's needed, and what has been earned are probably not all the same. Okay, so you have to think of what is the most important thing here. Uh, and Ben, plenty of clients say it is most important that I treat my children equally because I love them all. That's okay. Uh, I've had other people say I want to treat them fairly. And I have other people say, I need to make sure that they have what they need, which may be unequal. Okay, so, so you have to decide what is the most important thing. If you can't have all of that, what's the most important thing? Um, you know, one of the things that kind of plays off that is, does the fact that someone needs more than someone else mean they should get more from you? You know, is that a good enough reason that you should give them more? Um, because, you know, odds are no one has three kids who all make the exact same salary, right? Um, it's never going to happen. Um, you know, and, and also the flip side of that, I've had some people say, I don't want to punish my successful child by giving him or her less just because they're successful. Okay. That's a great counter argument. Um, you know, family dynamics, Ben, you, you're probably already thinking about this. Will someone be upset for receiving less than others? Will someone be embarrassed for getting extra money from mommy and daddy or grandma and grandpa and feel uncomfortable like, oh, you know, I got more than, than both of you did because mom thought I couldn't take care of myself and I have to go to Thanksgiving dinner knowing that my brother and sister are fully aware that I got extra special treatment. Okay, what's that do to their dignity? You know, and also the flip side, is someone going to be mad at someone for getting away with, you know, if they got a loan or a gift from mom and dad and it wasn't squared up? I've had some people fight over, you know, a, a gift of $10,000 when they're getting a very large inheritance. Um, 
you know, and then obviously the other piece, uh, the question that always get asked is, is it worth it? Is yeah. squaring it up or wanting to make sure people are treated right or fair or equally or based on need, is it worth the potential headaches after the fact? Okay, so those are things you need to think of. I will tell you this, um, regardless of the right answer, because Ben, every family's different. If we're ever doing something that is not, you know, that that someone may be upset about for any reason, it is usually good for the parents or the people who are setting it up to communicate with the family. Okay, so if I'm going to treat my kids differently, it is much better for me to sit the kids down and say. Adam, you're getting more. Colin, you're getting less or something like that. And here's why. And I'm making that decision. If you have any questions, you can ask me, but here's my reasoning. That usually is a lot better coming from the person who's doing it versus mom and dad pass away. And then all of a sudden the brothers find out that one's getting more than the other. And the only people they can talk to is their brother who's getting less than them or more than them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so communication from the parents, from the family who's setting up the plan, uh, if something's going off script, um, it is best done during life um, so that you know they can they can feel it out and, and air all those grievances out versus a surprise. I don't like bad surprises. Um, it usually causes problems with the family. So again, not legal advice, but practically speaking, if you're going to go one of these routes, it's best to communicate with the people who are going to be involved so they have a heads up and they know what's coming. Uh, and I think it's just as important for them to know um, that you told them it and here's why you're doing it that way. That usually diffuses a lot of this. Communication is always key. It truly is. So when you're going through this process, you always want to communicate and Again, work with an estate planning attorney that can help go through these considerations with you, help you make the best decision for you and your family so that you can avoid uh, any of these these issues that could happen later on. Again, if you want to talk with Nick, best place to start, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, or you can call 513-463-6789. So great topic, Nick, and I know that you're going to have uh, more people, I'm sure, come through your office here. They will have these same scenarios or questions to ask you. So hopefully they'll be able to listen to this podcast and kind of get a sense of where you stand and, and how you help people with that. But uh, definitely a difficult kind of uh, decision to make for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. It's different for every family. So you need to sit down and probably decide what is most important to you as far as priorities and then work with someone who can go through here's all of your different options if this is the most important thing. Um, so it it needs to be done. Don't wait. Um, and I, we talk about that all the time, but this is something mm-hmm. I know people will put it off because they don't want to make this decision. Just figure it out and make sure it goes the way you want. So I wouldn't sit on this. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a tough conversation. But when you get through it, it feels good to know that you did it and you did it the right way. Yeah. Well, good stuff, Nick, as always. If you have questions, again, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. It's the best place to start to get in touch with the Rosenbauer Law Office there in the greater Cincinnati area. All right, Nick, we will close it out on that note. Thanks again for your time today, and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Another episode of Complete Estate Planning is coming soon, so please hit subscribe, and we'll talk to you then.
The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.